Think about a time when you joined a group for the first time. How did other people treat you? How long did it take for you to feel less like an outsider and more like an insider? Regardless, let's face it, many times being the new person can be really tough. But it's an important part of how we make teams work and how we get along well in society. So today, we're exploring how to make people feel welcomed. Stay tuned and we'll discuss. Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. Yeah, so I think this is a topic that cuts through to anybody, anywhere. If you've if you got blood in your veins and a beating pulse, feeling welcome is awesome, right? <laughs> it sure is. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to feel welcomed. We're going to talk about why it matters both in the workplace and in broader society. And then we're going to also sprinkle in there. And then at the end, we'll uh, more specifically focus upon some tips for all of us with regards to how, ma- how to make people feel welcome. So maybe let's dive into that first section of what does it mean to you know feel welcomed? And um, maybe we'll just kind of share a few examples from our own experiences. So, you know, what are some times maybe when you've had an experience of, of feeling very welcomed or maybe not so welcomed within a group, Chris? Uh, so I would say when I moved to Park City, I felt very welcomed by my neighbors. Nice. It was awesome. But And the cool thing about Park City was kind of like growing up in the military, right? So my dad was active duty Air Force and we'd move every two to three years or so. And when you'd go, people would show up at your door. And I don't mm-hmm. know if this is a norm everywhere, but like, hey, here's some cookies. Or, hey, we made a lasagna. You know, because in the military, the norm is everybody moves around. And if you're going to have anything like a social life and not just hate everything, you got to make friends quick and fast. And part of that is making people feel welcome and inviting. And the thing about Park City is there's not a whole lot of people here that were have been here for 20, 30 years. Right. Right. You know, and so it had that kind of military park City's kind of like the military bases anyway, low speed limits, lots of workout equipment everywhere and bike trails. Right. (laughs) But the thing that's cool about it is it's, it's got the welcoming vibe. People are okay with um, opening up to new relationships. Well, and you mentioned a couple of specific things that people did. So they deliberately went out of their way to introduce themselves. It sounds like they brought you, you know, some some carbs um, and other types of things to to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, as well as uh, just welcome psychologically, which is great, right? Uh, and you know, I've had those types of experiences as well. You know, at various points in places that I've lived, um, other places I've lived haven't had that experience. Um, you know, <laughs> I just remembered. A, one of the saddest attempts that we ever had at trying to ingratiate ourselves with our neighbors. Um, it was Where was we, this? Where was this? Was this here in Hudson? <laughs> no, no. This was when we lived outside of outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. We were in this little neighborhood and um, we, we thought, oh, we should just like invite all the neighbors over and like we can have like cookies and coffee and stuff. And so we invited everybody over and like nobody showed up until like the last like 15 minutes of the time range that we had advertised and someone <laughs> showed up and like handed us like a, a like some desserts and said oh we can't stay but here you go bye and we just sat around and we were like well that was awful like 
we we yeah we we didn't make any friends. It was just very strange. So we did not have those types of welcoming experiences. You know, I think we can all think of experiences though, maybe in the workplace, joining a new workplace where people went out of their way or didn't to help us feel welcomed. Even uh, social gatherings, right? When you maybe are in a new social group and you're trying to get to know people and maybe other people seem to know each other really well, you know, do they kind of bring you into the group? Do they ask you questions? Do they introduce you to other people? And, you know, this this really is important for our own ability to relate with other people um, and certainly is important in the workplace. And so we'll be talking a little bit more about that. Uh, you know, when we were preparing for this episode, you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of how they, they have some of this baked into the the culture at Disney. Yeah, the the Disney way every, you know, a lot of people that are in the hospitality industry study, you know, how Disney does it. And, right. um, you know, everybody from like IHG group, which is a big hotel group that owns uh, Holiday Inn, you know, Hilton, all these places, they want to create a good customer experience and a big piece of that is being welcoming inviting someplace that when people feel welcome you can watch their shoulders kind of just uh, right the truth that, that the tension goes out when you feel welcome yourself your anxiety level is dialed down walking around anxious all the time is not very fun Right. <laughs> and and then I want one of these pieces about welcoming, you know, everybody's worried about the first impression. But um, for some of our listeners that don't know, like I used to be a music minister and I worked at I think it was the fifth largest Methodist church at the time uh, on staff as a musician there. But it's funny how people would talk about coming. You know, they move to a new town. They look for a new church. Right. Maybe they go try them out you know, a few different ones to find where, where am I going to plug my family in? Mm -hmm. Well, a big piece that, because people could write down notes or nowadays they can send emails about how, you know, Hey, let us know how your experience was. If this is your first time, you know, sometimes people will say, raise your hand. If this is your first time, Hey, if you're sitting around a first timer, introduce yourself, would you? These are all ideas of systematizing being welcoming. Which is important because if we know welcoming, being welcome is important, well, we should be purposeful about doing it. But the interesting thing about that is the kind of feedback that sometimes we'd get. You know, I, I went here two Sundays in a row and nobody said hi to me. Right. Um, hey, I've been going here for six weeks and I don't think anybody in my Sunday school class knows my name. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are real and and you know lots of times uh, a community of faith is a way somebody gets plugged in when they're moved somewhere right right and some of these they never talked about well you know the the pastor had spittle on his tie during a firing part of the sermon right <laughs> that that wasn't ever it was yeah. always about did they feel welcome or not those were the most the majority of the comments yeah well is that, what you just were talking about actually reminds me of a consulting project I did many years ago for a very large um, uh, place of worship. We'll we'll just say so I don't identify the place, but this this very large church um, they had I think something like five thousand families at this place. It was big, and they were and and they were growing. It was it was quite a large uh, community, and they brought us in to help them understand more about. 
um, the degree to which uh, you know people felt engaged there. And one thing we asked about in a large survey that we did was we asked about early socialization experiences. So when they first joined that group, did people go out of the way to make them feel welcome? We have a whole series of questions about this. And what we found statistically is that there was a strong relationship between that and their uh, their feelings of engagement. Now, it was a cross-sectional survey, which means it was just a snapshot in time. So we can't necessarily say there was a causal relationship between those two, but they seem to be associated that these early experiences that we have in groups, in teams, do seem to uh, you know, set the path for whether or not we get engaged with that community, with that group, with that team, that workplace, or not. And that's why it's so important. This is a critical piece of you know, onboarding people. We'll talk more about that here. Um, and, you know, the truth is that some groups can be very unwelcoming. Um, and, you know, I think we've, most of us have probably had that experience where, you know, it was just hard to kind of get in with the group. Um, people don't really talk to you much. People have their own jargon, their own inside jokes that you're not privy to, and it feels awkward. Um, and then other groups can be very welcoming. And sometimes it has to do, I think, when, when everybody's coming from such different backgrounds that they and they've experienced it themselves, maybe in Park City or in a military community, where it's like, hey, we're all we've all been there. We're all kind of used to the newcomer thing, so we need to go out of our way to make sure everybody feels welcomed. And um, you know, one thing I also think about is, you know, just imagine kind of a group of people talking. You know, we all kind of like congregate in, in little circles and stuff. Sometimes people don't move their shoulders enough to actually physically let someone into the group. Right. It feels it feels really awkward if you're kind of trying to wedge yourself in as a newcomer physically in that standing group of people. If people aren't kind of shifting the way their shoulders are to let you in and, you know, both in reality and kind of metaphorically, that's what some groups are like. Some groups are very open and they move their shoulders. Others don't. You know, I'm thinking about this. Uh, I haven't seen it. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but apparently Matt Damon did a new movie. Right where uh, uh, he goes into Trump country, right? And goes to a bunch of backyard barbecues with a bunch of type Trump supporters, which for him, that was kind of being out of his element. Mm. But what was interesting is all these, and I haven't seen the movie. This was just based off of one article I read kind of about his prep for this movie. All of them were like, hey, Matt, come, <laughs> come hang out, man. We'll drink some cold beer and barbecue, you know? Right. And, and, I think this is kind of a cool thing when we welcome people that are outside our norm and paradigm. Now, I think it can be cool to have an exclusive club as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, think about some of the honor societies at universities. Right. You know, by achieving a certain GPA or class ranking or, or something like that, you're able to get in. So it's not that I'm saying being exclusive is bad. Right. If if you're going to be like the He-Man weightlifting cross stitch club, you better both weightlift and cross stitch or be interested in starting. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you can't. There, it's OK. Right. And some of these we'll talk about like employee resource groups, affinity groups at uh, organizations. Right. You know. There makes sense. Like if you're in the Dungeons and Dragons after school club, you better have a D20 dice or like get out. Right. It's it's OK. <laughs> but the whole thing is, if you have some of those criterias and if we want to build an awesomer society, 
being welcome even to the jack wagons like Filson, because Filson's trending up, right? <laughs> that could be a good thing. Right, right. So if we were to put a kind of a definition uh, um, around this idea of being welcomed or feeling welcomed, I think it has a lot to do with a sense of belonging, right? And what's interesting from the research is that having a sense of belonging, that I am part of this and there are insiders and outsiders, there is a distinct kind of groupiness of a team um, and feeling like you're part of it, that is a key part of, of kind of good teams, right? Um, and the idea here is that, you know, if you have this feeling of, of welcome, that you feel like you belong, you don't feel like an outsider, right. Or that you're, you know, uh, and, um, on the path toward becoming an insider, at least a good trajectory there. And, you know, it's not just that you belong, but that you are simultaneously valued as the individual that you are, the unique human with perhaps unique quirks and strengths and weaknesses, um, as well as belonging to, to the group that, that people accept you. Um, and you know, this is, um, this is just, it's so important. And, you know, I think some groups have higher barriers to entry than others. You mentioned kind of like, you know, maybe, a an exclusive type of honor society or something like that. You know, we're both in the military. There's definitely a process of socialization into the military where they bring people from all walks of life. And we try to make them very similar in in the in the important ways, right? There is, you know, certainly expressions of individuality in the in the military, and I don't think those are necessarily su suppressed. Not all of them, um, but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we wish they were, <laughs> right? Like, like you know, I I I keep my hair, you know, fairly short. Um, but uh, I have know, no with... choice but to keep my hair short. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can you can grow it out on the sides really long. That'd be cool. Um, so <laughs> yeah, for that, like Hulk Hogan look, right. <laughs> yeah, you, could, you could try to do a flop over. Um, that'd be awesome. Um, but you know, in the military, you go through a process and then you become an insider at some point, maybe if you graduate from boot camp or from, you know, officer candidate school or something like that. Um, but there's still, and I think you, you could probably speak to this as well, but there's still variance at the individual level. Like some groups, even within the military, you may feel like you belong more or not. Um, certain specialty groups, perhaps certain um, departments, certain commands or, or organizations within the military. There still is the need for leaders and team members to actively work toward making people feel like they belong. If if they care about people performing well, right? If you don't care about people performing well and you just don't care, well then, okay, fine. Don't don't worry about these types of things. But if you actually give a rip about people, give a rip about people's performance, um, then I would suggest making people feel welcomed. Right. You know, there's so many times in the discourse in this country, both politically, policy-wise, school board-wise, there's people storming school boards. Like, I don't know. I feel like parents do that every five or seven years. It's with the business it's cycle, like, right? Like, like when this no, it's like when the cicadas come out, like right. That's that's when parents go rabble, 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 rabble. And it's it's it sounds just about as appealing, right? Right. Uh. I I mean, we have these things, but you know, imagine you're driving on the street and you see somebody in a car wreck, and it's a mother, and they have a bleeding child in their arm. You pull over. You don't say, well. I wonder if that person's in my in group or, oh, look at how they're dressed. Like, that's not the thought. If you're a non-psychopath that goes through your head, it's, oh, my gosh, I does that person have a cell phone? How can I render? I mean, you may not be a first aid expert. It's how and what are you, what are you attached by at that point? 
a common humanity. And I've seen so much on the web, and we have lots of data and resources where people, you know, dehumanize others in their interactions on social media, right? We have all of this data around being unwelcoming based on a whole bunch of shenanigans. And mm -hmm. I've had people ask me, it's like, have you ever convinced anybody? And actually, yes. And, and I've been convinced and changed a lot of views in my life. But it wasn't from necessarily some obtuse yo-yo yelling at me on the web. But it tended to be people that were welcoming to me, despite my lack of intellectual or social growth at the time. Mm. Right? And so by being welcoming, you know, like the God, and I think that's a Gandhi quote, right? You can be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and and I think that those are some great points. Um, and you know, I think it's it's interesting to just think about the various groups and teams and organizations that we all interact with, and maybe have become members of, and think about kind of the the rights of initiation, right? And it's it's really interesting when you really think about it. You know, most groups have some sort of either formal or even more oftentimes kind of informal rights of initiation that are like that go through um, that people go through to become insiders, right? So uh, I would say that these are you know rights of initiation are a ubiquitous feature of of groups kind of throughout history um, and civilization, and some of them some of them are garbage, right? So for example, hazing, <laughs> you know that's not the way you don't shouldn't be glorified uh, you know, in crappy college movies everywhere, yeah. but it's actually the most horrible thing ever to do. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, groups that you have to get bullied a whole bunch in order to feel like you belong after, you know, making it through some period of of psychological and, you know, sometimes borderline or actual physical torture, right? That's that's garbage. And um, you know, those are not I wouldn't wouldn't say this those is what are weird cults groups. do and people that drink yeah. poisonous Kool-Aid well, I mean, do. Well, I mean, they used to have these types of issues in the military. Sometimes it happens once in a while still. And, you know, we have to clamp down on it. But that's that's not not productive in terms of a right of initiation. But others are actually really awesome. Right. Ones that mark someone's passage from being an outsider to a, being an insider or marking some sort of achievement. So, for an example, a graduation ceremony. Um, you know, that could be kind of the signal of a completion of, uh, of someone's phase in life, becoming part of something new. Uh, maybe once someone at, at work goes through their first, you know, um, period of time or they go through their orientation period, you know, maybe there's some kind of um, way that you welcome people or maybe it's just their first day. Like these, you, you, you don't want, need to think of kind of a rite of initiation or a ritual as something that is necessarily formalized. But, you know, maybe it's just like a new person shows up and at the staff meeting, it's kind of your little ritual to say, hey. Welcome to the team. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Here's kind of, you know, here's everybody's, you know, let me tell you about the, the team a little bit. That's our little ritual or something like that, right? Okay, well, we say in the Navy, we have um, kind of rituals around hails and farewells, like how you hail someone in terms of how you bring them on board and say hello and greet them. And then we even put more of an emphasis on the farewell part, you know, when we send someone who's been part of a team uh, onward to something else. And, uh, you know, this all has to do with this idea of feeling welcomed and the sense of belonging that we can get from the groups that we belong in. Yeah. And everybody wants it. You know, like I talk a lot about differentiation being not needing another person's validation to be good for yourself. But that being said, no person is an island. 
Yeah. Every we need each other. Right. And so if we're going to make our workplace and also broader society better, we need to practice welcoming or something, a term I like to call um, when I'm dealing with somebody who's really difficult to be welcoming with, as I call it, leaving the light on. Mm. We need to leave the light on for other individuals. Yeah, that's great. So let's move on now and talk about a little bit why this matters, right? You know, it matters, I think, because it's, you know, we want to be nice to each other and it feels good and everything, but why it matters in the workplace and in broader society. Uh, before we get into that, though, I'd like, I'd like to kind of introduce this idea of affective presence. And this big, is word, a, big word, big yeah, word warning, big words, yes, affective presence. So this has to do. So when we talk about affect, we're talking about emotions and feelings and so forth um, in the world of psychology. But um, what this is usually described as in the research is as an interpersonal trait. So it's not something that can you can just, you know, notice in a person by themselves. It has it occurs when you interact with other people. So it's an interpersonal trait that describes the degree to, the degree to which people feel um, positively in your presence, right? And I think we can all think of people who, you know, when you approach them, they're maybe thought of as approachable. They really make you feel feel great when you're around them. Um, they're welcoming. And this could have to do with their body language, the way that they um, look at you, the way that they talk to you. Uh, and then there are people who kind of are on the opposite end of that spectrum, who maybe are kind of cold and aloof and don't make us feel welcomed. Um, so this is a, something that's been studied um, quite a bit. And, you know, in the workplace, feeling welcomed is important, right? This is, I mentioned, you know, as a newcomer, you know, onboarding processes, uh, that process of becoming an insider, this is a central component of newcomer socialization, how you bring someone on board. And, and it's not just about teaching them about, you know, all of the policies and procedures and getting them to sign the employee handbook and telling them what benefits they have and those types of procedural items. It's also about making them feel the love and making, you know, and, and making them feel like they're part of the group. So um, that's that's a, a big part of the onboarding process. And it contributes to that sense of belonging that we all crave. Yeah. So anybody that's seen the Harry Potter movies, Professor Snape, right? He he's a ends up being the most amazing, characterful guy at the end, right? But he's a curmudgeon, right? He does not have a positive affective presence. Maybe you don't put him on your new onboarding welcoming committee, <laughs> right? Like, and it wasn't, so, and the, the key point here is it's not that he was a bad guy, right. but his affective presence doesn't make nervous people who are a little bit, you know, worried in a new social environment feel really relaxed, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. So, you know, in the workplace, feeling welcomed is important for a variety of reasons. And we talk about onboarding and socialization, as we call it. Um, but it's also important kind of moving forward and just for ongoing high functioning of a team, because you think about it, when you feel like you are welcomed in a group, that you belong in the group, um, you feel safer. And this is not about, oh, we need to make safe spaces for everybody. This is about making sure that people can can speak up and say, hey, this is this is wrong. Right. But I want to reverse that. I want to reverse that because people use these words to deride good comments. Does right. anybody want to work in an unsafe work environment? <laughs> like, you know, like and yeah. they'll do this thing with the term woke. Oh, the woke. And I get it. There's some woke scolds over there. And it's like, listen, everything you say is good. It's just the way that it says it. You say it makes me want to puke, right? Like, I get that. But it's not like you want to be asleep. 
right? You want to be awake and knowledgeable about those things. You may even have some nuanced criticism, right? It's the same thing with psychological safety. Most people have worked for a boss or in an organization where it was, and this is the phrase that everyone uses, like walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. And you go home, it's hard to relax and leave your work at work. You start to get tight and grip the steering wheel, you know, really tight when you're driving to a place like that. Psychological safety. If we know anything from the literature, it is that you got to have it if you want to have a good place to work and retain people and be a place that's worth doing stuff for, right? Right. And it's also very important to if you want to have a, a team in which people will um, you know, work to minimize errors and mistakes and, and have better decision making. Uh, so having a, a team in which people feel like they can belong, that contributes to people being able to contribute in meaningful ways and take those interpersonal risks that are really important for any team to function well. So definitely some important reasons why, you know, making people feel welcomed is important in the workplace. Um, there's also some interesting research looking at how it may contribute to innovation in teams. Uh, so, you know, there's a, there are a handful of articles that we will put links to in the show notes on these types of ideas. And so I encourage you all to check those out. But this is a, from an article in the Journal of Applied Psychology. And what they found is that when, they, when team leaders had more positive affective presence, um, it was positively related to how much information was being shared in the team, right? People felt more welcome to express their ideas and share their opinions. Um, on the other hand, when you had negative affective presence, presence um, you know, you had less of that information sharing that you need. Uh, and then kind of following on from this information sharing that can occur when you have more positive affective presence at the leadership level, uh, it, it related to more team innovation. And, you know, that's that's something that I think at least at least in principle, most most executives and, and leaders would say, yes, I want innovation. Now, in reality, do they actually want it? That's another story. That's another podcast episode. But um, it, it is important if you want people to think creatively, if you want them to come up with novel and useful ideas for your organization. Yeah, and, and this relates to style. You know, and executives that we've coached like, oh, I need to work on my executive presence. And they may have an idea. I'll be the stern taskmaster. I'll be the charge from the front. But really, when you scrape all that baloney aside, a lot of that, that junk doesn't matter. Maybe it matters for the board who will hire you, but it doesn't actually matter to the kind of results that you drive in an organization. So if you're a board hiring a CEO, I mean, man, scratch back that veneer and say, hmm, you know, tell us about a time you made your team feel welcome. That could be a really groovy question for peeling back some of those ideas about being affective. You know, putting on, you know, my leadership style is Professor Snape. You know, that this is not, I don't know. There's a lot of stinking thinking around those kinds of style. And at the end, this is what's so cool about it. It's a little bit easy to start heading in the right direction mm -hmm. by being the kind of person you yourself would like to be led by if you're a leader. Right, right. Yeah, and, and you know, this I think this becomes both more important and more difficult as you become more senior in an organization, right? To really make people feel welcomed. Because naturally, you know, when you're around, you know, the your boss or your boss's 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 boss, it, it, you can start to, you know, feel 
um, less of a sense of welcome. You can feel a little bit more on edge. It's a little bit of anxiety there. Unless that leader, that person, your boss's 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 boss, does certain things to really make you feel welcomed, right? And and so, you know, things like um, smiling, things like maybe having a little bit of self-deprecating humor by not being super formal and uptight, both in body language and in, and in the formality of the conversation, um, making the person feel welcomed physically. Like, you know, if you're having a meeting with them, like, hey, sit down, you know, you, you want a cup of coffee, you want you need some water, um, you know, starting off with some general conversation, right, about, about something that you maybe have in common with them. Um, these types of things can really build that sense of belonging and, and welcoming uh, between a couple people, even if those rank differences occur, you just got to work a little harder at it. But you, it'll it'll reap benefits because then you can actually have some good, meaningful interaction that leads to some information sharing. Yeah, the uh, the other question we get all the time with our, you know, executives that we coach and stuff like that is, what do my people really think about me? Or I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm so high in the org. Like, what do you say all the time? All my jokes are funny. Right. Or I'm so I don't know. I don't have a real sense of what's going on. And so as a leader, you're flying blind. You're probably always going to be flying a little bit blind. You know, you'll be like Hunt for Red October with Sean Connery, one ping. And, and then you don't hear anything. One back. ping only. <laughs> <laughs> one ping only, right? Yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of that. But you can mm -hmm. reduce that by being welcoming. And if you curate that, you know, if you want to talk about developing a brand and style, being welcoming is definitely something you want in your quiver. Because if you've curated that from early parts of your executive career, management career, all the way up to, you know, the tippy top at the C-suite level, right? That brand is going to buy you a lot of feedback that you wouldn't get if you're an old curmudgeon, right? Yeah, no, I, I, as you described kind of that that process of, you know, building that brand over the course of a career, I'm thinking of a specific leader that, um, who, whom I have the pleasure of working with sometimes in my my Navy work, who, you know, over the course of the, I've known this guy now, gosh, I don't know, 12 years or so, always has just consistently been the most humble, welcoming, uh, friendly person, while at the same time being super, super smart, right? So, you know, <laughs> this person's not just doing this because, um, you know, they they desperately need everybody else's opinion because they don't have any of, he doesn't have any of his own. Um, super smart person, super competent. And what's really interesting is, you know, this person now is in a position where um, he has a lot of influence and, you know, it's like, we're all just so stoked to be working for this person and working with this person because he had, his track record is one of making people feel welcomed over the course of decades. And that's going to reap huge benefits for him. And, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. So I think a piece of advice perhaps for young leaders is, you know, to make this part of your leadership brand. Um, don't force it. You don't want to try to do something that's totally outside of your personality. Um, but to the degree that you can include people around you, I think it'll, it'll help you. Yeah. You don't have to force it. Be welcoming for real. However, yeah. that looks like for you, but right. here's the thing, Ben, before, before this person that you're thinking of in the Navy, um, before you work for them, the very first time before you ever met him, did you have any conversations with anybody about what this dude was like? Uh, actually, no, I don't think so. That's so common, though, right? You're like, yeah. oh, you know, so-and-so's coming. Who knows him? Oh, That's what true. was he like? And if people say, oh, man, he's the most welcoming person, 
right out of the gate, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right. So if you're a new executive coming to a new place and you've curated that brand, your goodness will go before you and open doors that you haven't even got to yet. Right. Th those doors will just open up. And so when you have to make a change, when you have to prove your value as an executive, you can you're already ahead of the game versus another executive who hasn't done that or is coming in blind. You're yeah. going to be able to uh, you know, steer that ship quicker, faster, more nimbly. Yeah. And, you know, making people feel welcomed is certainly important in the workplace. It's also important in broader society. Uh, you know, outside of work, we interact with many different social groups. You know, you think about the various organizations with which we interact, uh, be it, you know, social organizations, be it religious organizations, civic, otherwise. Uh, and, you know, Feeling welcoming, welcomed in those instances is also productive, and it's just just makes life better in a lot of different ways. I think. Yeah, if you get if you've got somebody, because this, let's be honest, our nation's torn apart by polarization right now. But the thing that you can do to mend that is, it's you don't have to agree with anybody. Matter of fact, the best stuff that's come about in this country has been over. Heck, how many of our People talk about, oh, the founding fathers, as if they're like this bastion light on the hill. These guys regularly had duels and shot each other. <laughs> yeah, let, let's be honest. And yet we're like, the founding fathers are awesome. Now, I'm not saying go out and shoot anybody. Don't do that. That's the most numbskull thing you could do. But the thing is, as you keep in the game, you don't take your ball and go home and say, I'm never talking to you again. Or I'm out. You know, all that kind of stuff. Or unfriend you know these kinds of things this is like that is garbage that's stinking thinking and that's weak i just want to mm -hmm. say that is just weak freaking sauce don't do it instead be welcoming right, right? be right. welcoming if you want a chance because the thing is is we only get through this together the way our electoral system at least in the united states and in any democracy Right. Is there has to be a cohort of people, enough of a cohort that wants to move something in the same direction to go that direction. Right. And so then you need to be even more welcoming to the people you agree with, uh, disagree with than the people you agree with, because those are the yahoos, yahoos, <laughs> jackwagon numbskulls you're going to have to bring along. And if you can't really I mean, they'll know if it's baloney. They'll know if it's baloney. But if you can't really be loving, welcoming, accepting, uh, empathetic, really listening to them, giving a fair shake to their arguments, not just dismissing them out of hands, because just be like, man, honestly, I'm too lazy to do the research on that one. But how about a beer? You know, like, be honest about those things. It's like, man, I, I think this on policy element, but I'll be honest, I work 60 hours a week. It's hard for me to Google all this stuff. You know, <laughs> come on, be welcoming, be nice, be true pull people closer together and listen to our episode on difficult conversations. That's a good way to go. But the whole thing is nothing is gained as a society when we divide and separate and push away. That's, you know, unless somebody's physically threatening you, what are they going to do? You know, just word you to death and you're going to welcome them and welcome them until daggone it. They have a hard time treating you like a jerk because you're just such a nice person. <laughs> right it kind of goes back to that phrase of kill them with kindness sometimes right so why don't we talk now about some different tips that you know we've we've come across from the research um 
on this topic of making people feel welcomed. And, you know, one of them ties into something we already discussed a little bit, and it's that those first impressions do matter. Um, they matter just in general. I mean, we've, we've done episodes on first impressions where, you know, within a couple nanoseconds, we start to form impressions of, of other people. Um, but, you know, your first experiences within a, a team, within an organization, you because you're I mean, you're on high alert, um, whether you kind of realize it or not for is this a threatening situation or is this a, a safe situation? The little things that you can do to help people feel welcomed early on are very important. So introducing people, um, showing them around, you know, physically, as well as, you know, helping them understand policies and procedures and kind of how things get done around here uh, and, and making sure that people have kind of the, the, a, a place and a, a person um, in which they can, you know, feel welcomed and ask questions, right, and, and really start to become part of the group. Yeah, I'm going to say this term that I use a lot, emotional flooding. The minute you say that, I never have to explain what that means. People <laughs> know those feelings of, I'm overwhelmed with emotions. I feel anxiety. I feel tense. All of those items, right? Anybody that's coming into a new social situation is going to have some degree of emotional flooding, right? I don't care if they do it all the time. If they're a politician that's on the road, you know, they they're always in that mode of knowing I'm in a new place where I could be attacked by things I don't even know, right? It's the unknown. So if you're on the welcoming committee or if you want to be a welcoming person, just look. And anytime you see somebody coming into a new situation, be like, you know what? That person's probably emotionally flooded right now. Emotionally flooded people don't have as broad of a vision or the ability to sense and respond as the people that are completely relaxed. Right. They have a little just a dose of fight or flight going on in their psyche. Right. And so your goal should be like, cool, how do I get the fight or flight out, the emotional flooding out and that person in? Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're welcoming them. You're helping them put down their baggage and bring the real person into that social group environment or whatever. Right. And I think communication is a huge part of this. Right. Um, communicate early, often. Don't don't be a, don't just leave people, you know, don't, don't assume I'll say that people know exactly what, what's going on. Um, explain things, you know, don't, don't use a bunch of kind of insider jargon. Uh, you know, those words that only the insiders know. Cause it, I mean, people are going to be like, I, I really feel like an outsider here. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, so that's an important piece as well. Now it can also be even more challenging. I think you have to be even more intentional as a leader, as a team member to help people feel welcomed when you have broad cultural differences in the group, when you have a more highly diverse composition of the group, um, then, it, then it becomes, I think, um, both more important and also more challenging to ensure that people feel welcome. So you're going to have to go out of your way even more. And I think, you know, maybe a practical tip for leaders is, hey, Make sure you're actually budgeting some time for these types of activities when you have a newcomer. Yeah. And, they, you know, when we talk about communication, I turn to the executive all the time, like, well, we've already told them four times. A piece of that communication isn't, communication's not just about communicating information. Well, you know, the meeting's at four. A communication is also that rem emotional sonar ping that, it starts that ping pong where you start getting feedback. You're not flying blind. You know, bats use echolocation. It's like, we're like bats, right? We're going through 
And, and we need to get feedback from our environment by having readily available communication that's easy to understand. The tone of the communication, the words you choose to use, set the cultural and emotional tone for your organization. And when we're talking about culture, right? We're not just talking, well, this guy's from France, this guy's from India, this guy's from uh, Poland. No, we're talking, people come from different company organizations and cultures. You know, maybe you hired a new director of innovation that just came from four fast-moving startups. And it's very different being in a tried-and-true enterprise-type organizations where everything has to be approved by 10 people in four meetings. You know, <laughs> like, these are the kinds of things that you should be sympathetic to. And one of those things that you can help bridge that thing is establishing rituals. Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, again, these can be simple things that you do to welcome newcomers. It can be more formal things that you do to celebrate people joining your organization, to celebrate their achievements, celebrating their first year that they have with the organization. All those types of things can really help to, um, you know, make people feel welcomed. Celebrating things that they do or accomplishments they, that they maybe reach outside of work even, right? To bring some of their uniqueness into the group while still helping them feel like they belong, right? I think that's, that's a really great thing that you can do. Um, and, and, you know, I think getting some feedback from newcomers is really important because, it's, you know, we can't just trust our gut necessarily that we're doing a great job with the newcomers. Um, we should, you should also have a feedback process. Like, you know, after you have newcomers come through, get some anonymous feedback from them. Say, how are we doing? Did we make you feel welcomed as we were bringing you into the organization? What would you recommend for us to do with future newcomers to really ensure that this is going better? Um, and, you know, I'll also say you don't necessarily need to wait until you, you've gone, you know, six months after the newcomers have arrived to do this. You could also do it maybe early on, right? Um, first couple of days, say, hey, look, we're here's our intent. Our intent is to really help you um, become part of the group, to feel comfortable here, you know, be part of the family, so to speak, uh, be productive. Um, and, you know, you, we want your feedback, you know, after the first day or so to make sure that we're on the right track here so we can make these course corrections early on and make sure that you uh, get up to speed quickly. Yeah. And I've been in so many organizations that do do that. And they focus on it at like an information gathering piece. Oh, okay. We got this information so we can do better with the next person and not botch it up like we did with this person type thing. <laughs> but, but really, if you do those right, it, it does accomplish the mission of getting you that information on how you're doing. But it also, if you do it right, communicates love and care for that individual. Hey, right. I really cared that I did this right. And, and if you did with it, go in and you have a chance to apology and remedy and all those kinds of things, right? All This is where you're focused so much on welcoming and building that relationship and how it goes. Now, pro tip, because we talked about rituals, graduations, promotions, the first year, embarrassment, right? That can be a problem. Some people, I don't like to be recognized. I don't, one of the things that I like to do and what I like to coach for leaders, because I've had different people that I've promoted and all the different kind of stuff. I really don't want to do a ceremony. Like in the military, right. you do say, I, you know, I just, let's just, I'll just put the patch on my uniform and, and go on. And one, and it, this is both true and what you should tell those kinds of people. Hey, listen, I know you don't like being in front. I know you like to just do excellent from your desk and lead 
in a not so upfront, but I need you to do this to help us build the kind of culture we want to where people would want to ascribe to your excellence. Don't receive it for yourself. Receive it for the kind of organization that's welcoming and applauds certain types of behavior. Do it for the team. It's mm -hmm. not about you. You you stand as one piece of the cog of what makes this whole organization better. You're not an army of one. Remember that bad slogan? That was a military. Be oh, an army it. of one. And it was yeah. like, yeah, you'll join one by one, but then you're on a team like everybody else. That's <laughs> that's the kind of stuff you want to do when it comes to those rituals, because people can feel uncomfortable with those rituals. Yeah. But if you're real explicit about why you're having them, I you can get more compliance from those people who are like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I think maybe you could, you know, if someone's feeling super uncomfortable about the the way this is normally done in your organization for them, right? Um, you could probably could you know, adapt the process or adapt the ritual in some ways to make it, um, you know, better fit what they would want while at the same time, perhaps um, using it as a culture building type of activity. So, you know, I think something to note for individuals, if you're out there and you're, you know, joining a new organization and you, you know, you're like, yeah, I get it, Ben and Chris feeling welcomed is great. I really want, want to feel welcomed. Um, but my my team, my manager, they they just really stink at this, um, I, and I'm not getting anywhere. I think it's important to realize that you know this can be a two way street, and there are probably some things that you can do to start to help them to start to make you feel more welcomed, right? So you know, don't just shut down. You know, don't 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 just kind of take your ball and go home. Reach out for what you need. Ask those questions. Um, and, and don't give up, uh, especially in those early phases of your socialization within the group. Yeah. So I, I've seen so many times where maybe team cohesiveness wasn't big. Maybe the culture was like, well, we're all just here for a paycheck. But then I think of so many times I've seen somebody just come in there and they didn't look for anybody to be that friend or welcoming. They just started to be the change they wanted to see in the world. They just started smiling. I remember this one guy, Casey, you know, when I, I studied theology in undergrad and we're going, I think this was like the Old Testament introduction exam. Everybody, it was at the end of exam week. Everybody's tired. Everybody's kind of isolated and doing their own study thing. And he's in a Santa Claus outfit, handing out candy as people are coming into the exam. He's like, just remember, I'm not the reason for the season. And, <laughs> and, and this was a guy who could make anybody feel welcome. So he would come in on a team and so we went from a bunch of disparate theology majors to people that actually talked and laughed together. I've seen people go into businesses and organizations where everything's down and they just start loving on the people around them, which might be a challenge for you, but you have an option. Go get another job or be the change you want to see in the world. Welcoming is a two-way street. If you feel lonely, you move to a new town, right? Don't be scared to be like, Dude, I like know nobody in this town. Does anybody want to get a beer? I'm freaking lonely. I bet you somebody <laughs> will go get a beer with you. And then you start from there, you know? And if not, and if that nobody says anything, I'm like, man, hard crowd tonight. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. It's hard for people to stay stone cold with somebody that's warm. And some of it has to do with mirroring neurons, right? Like you could have the biggest poo-poo face on and somebody just smiles. <laughs> ah, real goofy it's hard not to smile back right. right like if you come into a room where people are laughing 
you may not even know what they're laughing about, but you kind of want to be like, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. So there are things that you can do to make yourself more of a uh, someone who is easily welcomed right into the group. So um, depending on your personality, that may be harder for some people than for others. Uh, but I think the point is well taken that it's it, there is it is a little bit of a two way street here and and building that vibrant support network um, is, is important, be it in the workplace or and or outside of the workplace uh, for your own well-being. So why don't we talk a little bit about you know what leaders would do um, perhaps to make people feel more welcomed. And I think part of it is, you know, realize just the realization that you know, the, the way in which you interact, particularly with newcomers and particularly when people share bad news, particularly when, you know, people are disagreeing with you, um, that ha that matters for how welcomed people feel and how much they feel like they can actually be honest with you. Yeah, you set you set the tone, right? You set the tone. So if you see a new person coming in, you can curate how that person feels welcome. You can maybe... Maybe you have a team that's kind of reluctant. I've been on uh, teams and uh, worked with teams of engineers where they all like to do their work separate. They talk a little bit about sports by the coffee and then go quietly sit in their cubicles and work. And that's okay. That may be an awesome team dynamic for them. But if you're a leader and know that that's kind of the case, you're going to have to take extra steps to make that person feel welcome or some extra steps to prod some of your team members to like saying hi to new person. Make sure a new person knows where to get stuff on the SharePoint. You know, those kinds of items. Also, be if you maintain a dialogue with those individuals, you can help correct misperceptions they may be having about your workplace. So if you're an individual, don't think every single one of your perceptions are true because one, you're not a mind reader. Two, you're too new to the group or your social situation or whatever to tell. So suspend your judgments, right? Um, don't let your perceptions shade you from what reality is. And if you're a leader, make sure that you're giving that feedback so somebody can develop a correct mental picture of what the organization or group or volunteer organization or any of that thing like that is about. Right. You know, another thing that you, another way to think about it, if you're a leader in terms of making people feel welcomed, um, is kind of like how you think about customer service, right? If you go into a restaurant, for example, or you're buying a car, your customer, uh, the customer service you receive is, you know, kind of a better way or an, a more perhaps in vogue way of thinking about it is the customer experience. You know, the whole continuum of of what you what you go through when you're interacting with that um, with that organization. You can think of it similarly with how your team members interact with you. So yeah, maybe you have a great first conversation with a newcomer, um, but it's also about making sure that you have established a good newcomer experience, a good employee experience by interacting with them, you know, checking in with them over the duration um, to really ensure that that continues. So having kind of a consistency of experience is very important as well. So make sure that you don't just do it once, um, continue to, to make people feel welcomed. And this applies not just, we're talking a lot about newcomers here because that's kind of the most salient piece here when you're talking about, you know, building a sense of belonging in a group. But it also matters with your, you know, longtime uh, insiders and in terms of how, you know, how you interact in meetings, how you uh, communicate, how you talk about things that are potentially contentious, how what you do when people dissent and disagree with you. Um, those types of instances are key areas in which you can either build or destroy the psychological safety in that team. 
Yeah, I want you everybody to just stop for a moment and think about a restaurant that you went to and really enjoyed. Like anybody that goes to a really good restaurant wants, wants to share it with others. Hey, you know, Patsy, you got to go to this place. It is so good. The etouffee will blow your mind or whatever. <laughs> and let's say you've been there for like four or five times. And every time it's just knocked your socks off. You have a visiting CEO and from out of town. Hey, let's go to this place. And the service is horrible. The meals are bad. You, it's jarring to your system because you have that safety of like, you know what? Every time I come here, it's a good level of service. The food's always hot. You know, you're expecting a certain standard of quality, right? And that quality and consistency of experience. It's the same way for your leadership or if you're an individual contributor. People expect a certain level of quality and consistency. And when they don't get that, it's jarring. And if you're a leader and you're not consistent in your response, nobody can feel welcomed, psychologically safe, or any of those things. Because it's like, am I going to get a hand grenade today or a souffle? I don't know. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think ending those first days with a friendly conversation is important. Use an onboarding checklist. These are just practical things you can do to help people feel like they're welcomed. Um, let's talk a little bit, maybe at the organizational level, you know, why this is important and, and some things that we, how organizations perhaps can address, uh, this, this idea of making people feel welcomed. And I, I think part of it has to go with, you know, the brand and the reputation that you're creating. Um, you know, we talk sometimes on the podcast about the employer brand, you know, what it's like for, for you to work there, um, to interact with that organization as an employee. And, you know, if if you're if you get the reputation as being a place that is just cold and unwelcoming, do you think you're going to be able to attract the best and brightest? Probably not, right? You may attract people who um you know like to to not really engage at work. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that that matters. So people talk. Your your employees talk. Newcomers they glassstore.com. Yeah, people go online and they'll they'll write a review of what it's like to work there. So. Um, so I guess that's a, a big reason why it matters, you know, from a practical standpoint for organizations to make people feel welcomed. Yeah. And another thing that you can do is make sure you're training your leaders on how to do this stuff, right? right. One of the things you mentioned was an onboarding checklist. Well, one, the checklist for that are normally, did they get their laptop? Do they have, can they get into their email and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff? One of the things that's really important that all managers and leaders and that kind of stuff should do, as well as organizations should make sure, is give new people to that group or organization an early win, right? They're insecure about showing their, hey, you hired me for this job. I want to show you that I have value. So make sure that, like on that first day, don't let it just be a bunch of picking your nose and getting emails set up. Have some piece of work or something that they can show their value to the team, if possible. Having real work to do that first day will be awesome for that person's sense of accomplishment. That checklist, say maybe 90 days, you can talk with somebody on their first day. Hey, this is what we're going to be focused on for the first 90 days. And you can do those check-ins once a week. Hey, man, we're working down this checklist. You're doing great. Glad you're here. That gives them those sonar pings that they're going to need to feel okay. That's going to improve your employee brand. It's going to reduce turnover or new hires derailing. Orgs, don't just trust managers to do this on your own. A lot of orgs are doing this. 
train them how to do it. And then you might even want to assess as part of their annual or quarterly view how they do in onboarding new recruits, right? Right. And then I think if we separate, you know, some of this uh, thinking around, you know, what it's like in the workplace, you know, we mentioned in the beginning that how important making people, people feel welcome just in general society is, right? And I think there's things you can do there. And I think part of it is, you know, be the neighbor that you would want to have. Um, be kind to each other. This is, I, I, how basic are these things? But, you know, as I sometimes say to, uh, to my students, you know, when if they say, oh, this just sounds like common sense, professor. Well, you know what? If it were common sense, it'd be more common. And I think there's a <laughs> lot that we can do um, to make others feel welcomed. And oftentimes it requires us to step out of our comfort zone a little bit, but it's for the betterment of everyone. And I think it just makes life a little bit better. In fact, a lot better. Yeah. And then, you know, this is all what people can do. But when we're talking at the organizational level, having structures such as your onboarding, your checklist, um, your employer brand, how you talk about job descriptions, all that kind of stuff can increase the welcoming piece. And that has nothing to do necessarily directly with how you treat somebody. But another piece is just have a welcoming and inviting place to work, right? Um, if sometimes you're stuck, I know like in the army, I mean, we, we don't have as nice of places as you do, Ben, in the Navy. And definitely, I think the Air Force has got a speed, period. Oh, but, sure. But we're in a cinder block building with a steel roof. That That's generally <laughs> what our office buildings look like. And it's got either a white or a tan paint on it. So, but do what you can. Put a plant out, right? <laughs> have some Rice Krispie treats that are pre-wrapped. Or There are things you can do. If you don't have a welcoming space, you're going to have to, you know, overcome some of those obstacles there but for those of you that can curate your environment you know having the walls like not covered in you know dolly wheel marks and you know have a nice looking place be proud of the place you work at right and i think the most important thing that our listeners should take away from this episode um, without a doubt is the importance of rice krispie treats um, because you just can't <laughs> underestimate the importance of the Rice Krispie treat. And uh, this episode was not sponsored by Rice Krispies, but we would welcome their money at any time. So today on the Indigo podcast, we've talked about how to make people feel welcomed. We've talked about what it means to make people feel welcomed and why it matters in the workplace and in broader society, as well as some tips for all of us. Go eat a Rice Krispie treat. And here I thought you're going to say that you should go see Hunt for Red October with Sean Connery <laughs> while eating a Rice Krispies treat. Thanks for listening to the Indigo Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. Our website is www.indigopodcast.com where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.